Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 13th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioa Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Good morning, Blessing Jr. I gotta uh, re-edit a thumbnail I was working on, but keep on oh, talking, no. big dog. Oh, Andy, I mean, I'm gonna keep on talking for only a few seconds because yeah. I have a question for you because I, okay, go I got my iced coffee from Starbucks. Oh, yeah? It reminded me about the, the saga we went through last week when you ordered a frap or frappe as the French call it, and you weren't you weren't too sure about it. Like you ordered something, didn't know what you got, opened it up, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I got a frap." It was a surprise to me. Yeah, it was yeah, a, it was a, a surprise shocking. frap, which is always mm-hmm. which is the best kind of frap. Uh, what did you get today? Did you order Starbucks? Did you? Order I ordered coffee? something today. It said coffee. I think it was in the warm section. Um, let me see. Let me just check on the actual uh, Why don't order you pay right here. Warm section. To what you're ordering? Um, the warm I'm just, section. I'm a <laughs> you know I'm a I'm a coffee novice is what they would say a novice. And I last week Barrett, I decided to order coffee. I was like, you know, I haven't had coffee in ages, right? I, it's been a while since you know I've been at the studio and Nick goes to get coffee. Hey, what do you want? Or Tim asked me, what do you want, Andy? And I just say like, get me the thing or whatever. But um, I wanted to get a sweet-ish type of coffee. Uh, Jan Service is fantastic, by the way. Let me thumb that up real quick. Submit fantastic service. Great delivery. Did you, was it DoorDash or was it a different delivery? Uh, Uber Eats. Uber Eats. Uber Eats, okay. It says that I got a cappuccino. Um, okay. okay. Again, I'm when I'm ordering these things, I'm just like, I close my eyes and I just like, wherever just the wind takes the me. Wherever the wind Andy, takes me, just, so, uh, just let us make you. Coffee. I mean, do you know? Do you know what flavor cappuccino Ooh. is? It vanilla? It's, it's it warm. It's a warm one though. It's not oh, frozen it's this time. One. Yeah, right. we got a warm one this time. Hold on. Oh. Yeah, and you prefer warm. I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I'm getting a lot of cinnamon, which is just my vibe. You okay. know, I love cinnamon okay. here. Hold now, on, is there go. is there a reason why you prefer warm? Because I usually go iced coffee, just because. I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to savor it. You know, I can just intake that thing, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm ready for the day. Well, I think I prefer the warm right now just because it's always chilly in my room in the morning. It is okay. always, you know, when it's 48 outside, it's probably going to be like, I don't know, 20 in here. That's just an estimation, right? I'm just kind of, I, I don't know if that's an exact um, temperature inside of my room, but it, it always gets kind of chilly. But yeah, this got a lot of uh, cinnamon vibes to it. Okay. And um, I'm enjoying it so far. I like it. I like it. I look forward. I look forward to your review. I'm going to check up on you because I do want to know if you put this above the frat that you had last week. Ooh, we'll, yeah. we'll see about that. Please. We'll see about that. We'll see but about for that. now, Andy, let's talk about some video game news. Today's stories include Bioshock looking for an open world designer, Sucker Punch looking for a multiplayer programmer, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. It's always scary doing that because you don't know what's going to happen to this desk, if it's going to fall, if my iced coffee is going to fall over and spill on my keyboard and all of a sudden make it impossible to do the show. You have no idea. You should just get the Thor's hammer like Greg does, you know? Oh, that's just shit. If I was going to, I guess I could, I could see if I can find a mini Captain America shield. I mean, if, oh, you also have the Thor's yeah, hammer. Yeah. Why it's, does everybody have the Thor's hammer? It's the, the one thing I kept when Square sent me the collector's edition thing, yeah. because um, I know that I, obviously, I enjoyed the campaign, didn't want to play much uh, after the campaign, and Greg said, take whatever you want out of there, I'm going to give the rest of it to Goldfarb, and I think that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened. I think that's what you kept in your room, and I think the rest of it is still in the rest of our house. <laughs> Shut the freak up. No way. I thought yeah, Greg dude. picked it up. I don't think – like the Hulk uh, uh, little figure is still uh, in the living room. We've got the Captain America Speaking of which, Stoneback Mike, come statue. pick up this fucking goddamn stupid alien from Destroy All Humans. God damn <laughs> <laughs> to be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, a new episode of Gamescast is now live and it's a full episode of Reader Mail. Uh, we answer the question, what is the Snyder Cut of gaming? If you want to answer that, make sure to tune in to that. You can catch that on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, so that went up this morning and then going up later today, you're going to get our live reactions to nintendo's indie world showcase on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and then you're also going to get our reactions to the new fast nine trailer that'll be going up on youtube.com slash kind of funny and you, you just did that one right we just did that yeah it was a it was a pretty packed morning um yeah. 
So go, well, get ready for that. Because out, out, out of 10, where are you putting that trailer at? Not as hype as the first one, but only because mm-hmm. we knew the secrets, mm-hmm. right? We knew what they were having to offer. But it's still it's still up there in terms of entertainment factor. I feel like we watched a short movie this morning. Mm. Thank you to film. our patron. Thank you, our, th- thank you to our Patreon producers, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Tom Bach, Trent Berry, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Burrow. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have six stories today. A bigger dozen. Starting with our number one, Bioshock Four is looking for an is looking to be an open world game. I'm pulling this from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Bioshock Four will be an open world game according to a job listing for a position at development studio Cloud Chamber. One of 17 openings currently available at the studio is for a senior writer who will be charged with helping bring back the world or br- helping bring the world of Bioshock to life once again. The job advert spotted by PC Games N adds, "Quote." We're hoping to find someone who can weave impactful, character-driven stories in an open-world setting, end quote. While the first two games in the series took place in the under- underwater city of Rapture and the third in the floating city of Columbia, a job advert spotted in August 2020 suggested Bioshock 4 will take place in a, quote, new and fantastical world, end quote. Another current opening for a senior te- technical audio designer describes the, the game as a, quote, triple-A narratively-driven FPS project full of character and personality, end quote. Cloud Chamber is also seeking an AI programmer to, quote, flesh out the, the designs and finalize the implementations for an urban crowd system and the systemic tribal ecology of a sometimes hostile AI, end quote. And it's on the lookout for a senior world designer to, quote, combine handcrafted set pieces with emerging AI behavior to create a living world that offers players variety at every step of the game, end quote. According to Cloud Chamber's global studio head, Kelly Gilmore, the game's development team includes veterans of franchises including Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, and Battlefield 2. Quote, as part of our recruiting efforts, we're, we're looking for people from many, back, many different backgrounds and experiences, end quote. Andy, you're a fan of Bioshock, correct? Love Bioshock. Would you be down with a with an open world Bioshock? It seems like they're trying to do some sort of Bethesda type game here, some sort of mm-hmm. open world with uh now this whole crowd enemy AI thing, I wonder what that's you know gonna eventually lead to. But this sounds interesting as hell. I just worry, you know, will the magic be there? Will will the spirit of Bioshock be there with Ken Levine not you know, managing this whole sort of project. Um, I mean, it seems interesting as hell. I'd love to return to the universe, whether the universe is Rapture or whether it's another version of Columbia or whatever the hell it is they're going for. I just, uh, I don't know. It's kind of worrisome to me, Bless. Whenever we start seeing listings, listing the actual game that they're going to be working on, Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of takes away the surprise of it. I feel like it kind of takes away that, that sort of excitement, knowing that, like, holy shit, dude, this is, you know, if we just got this brand new Bioshock announcement in two or three years, that would yeah. be amazing. But seeing all this stuff, knowing that there's something kind of, you know, been it's been in the works for a while. They've been trying to make a new Bioshock for a while. It kind of takes away the excitement a bit for me. But it, I mean, I would love to hop back into that world and see what an open world type Bioshock game could look like, especially if they're trying to go for all of the sort of personality that the old Bioshocks had with all their different characters and bosses. And uh, I think that that world is such, it's full of life, you know? Yeah. It seems really ambitious, uh, which is the biggest thing here for me. Like I, 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 I'm right with, right, right there with you that this does take out some of the, the steam out of when we finally get the announced game and it does say open world in the splash screen or whatever the buzz terms are. Yeah. I do. I do like the idea that they are going for something that is completely different, but still seems like it's going to try and stay true to what Bioshock is because it mentions, right? Like stuff like AI behavior, right? Like that. I, I mean, Bioshock and Bioshock infinite. I, I think that those games handled AI behavior really well, whether it was the crazy enemies that you get, you get from the first couple of Bioshock games or even how Elizabeth behaved in Bioshock Infinite. Like all, all that stuff was super impressive, I think, at the time. And the fact that it seems like they're, they're trying to double down on those aspects of the game, I think, speaks to them trying to, trying to stay true. But then, yeah, them talking about 
um, uh, the personality of Bioshock, them talking about trying to make a game that is stylistically um, uh, doing something that goes for it. I think that sounds really cool. Them going for an open world is surprising, a weird step, but also I think could be really cool if they're able to pull it off. To me, that almost sounds... When you're talking about Bioshock, you're talking about a game that feels reactive to how you play. I feel like I compare every game to this at some point, but, I mean, it's going to happen. It reminds me of Breath of the Wild a little bit of... Yeah, like you're going through the world and the world reacts to how you play, right? Or maybe maybe even bring bring a, a cyberpunk into it where cyberpunk I felt like could have doubled down on this stuff more, but the idea of you're working through this you're walking through this world, right? And playing through this world where it feels like it's living and breathing and the actions that you take in the world changes how the world operates. Like and I, sees was, you maybe. Yeah, and and sees you, right? And that's something that I I was hoping that a game like Cyberpunk would have done more and didn't, and I don't think we we ended up getting much out of that game. I would Correct. like to see a Bioshock tackle that because I think that is that does feel ambitious, that does feel fresh, that does feel new. I think what they could do with not only the guns but also the powers that you end up getting, um, whether it's your vigor or whatever the hell they're going to call it in this game, I like the idea of having this sort of almost like rage type playground to mess around with enemies in more hostile areas um, and test out this new rare vigor that not only floats them up, but then slams them down and then you, it freezes them and you can shoot them with this other cool gun that then explodes them and create, like, I think they could have a very reactive sort of take on combat in this one. Yeah. And, and, and can go a little bit further with it, especially with, you know, people, you know, I, I don't want to generalize and say people love their their looter shooters, but I bless. I love getting that blue. If I can get that blue and then see the purple vigor over there, be like, oh shit, that's a purple. Like, what oh, does this shit, one do? do more damage oh, I can whatever. upgrade this to make this gun do. I'm not saying I want a, like a looter shooter, but I'm mm-hmm. saying that you know that could they they have to differentiate themselves in some way, right? You can't just make you can't try to just make another Bioshock and have it compared to the old ones because the old ones are so damn good and it's mm-hmm. hard to do that for a new studio taking up this franchise. So I think you have to put your own twist on it. And I think making it open world and having these spawns of NPCs um, could, you know, be enough, be different enough from the old ones, you know? Yeah. My, my thing there though is like the audience, I don't think the audience reaction would be good for that. Cause like, I know you're, you're not saying it's, you want it to be a looter shooter, but like that is definitely like looter shooter elements. And if Bioshock were to like turn into that, like I I, I don't think audiences would be happy. I think with it's it. one step further though. I don't you don't have to call it that, but mm. you take it an extra step because you know in Infinite you have all these different power sets. You have the fire thing, you have the murder of crows. Right. In a way, those are just different power sets. Yeah. Now, maybe you can level up the murder of crows and go a different way. Like, it all depends on how you frame it, right? I think it's just, it all comes down to how you tell the audience what this game is going to be. Similar to, you know, like, I think the game has to speak for itself, right? Mm-hmm. I always think of the example of, you know, if you told me that EA was making a free-to-play battle royale where you can buy stuff and battle passes and things like that, I would have said, fuck no, dude, what a, what a disaster this is going to be. But it was Apex Legends, and it had everything. It could have failed in so many different ways just based on how they were wording what this game's going to be. But I think if they present it and say, Bioshock fans, you're going to love this. It's the world you're used to. It is a lot of the personality and quirks of the dialogue that you love having with these weird NPCs and crazy cool bosses. But... We're going to add a little bit of a twist on it. And I think you just have to sort of modernize it in a way. Um, yeah. I find, I find it difficult that I think whenever they announce this game, I'm sure whatever fan reaction is going to be won't be entirely favorable just because Bioshock is a franchise that means so much to so many people. Right. And it is going to be very difficult and nearly impossible to actually live up to how people feel about Bioshock 1. Like, even if you go on to make a better game than Bioshock 1, there will still be those people that are like, oh, yeah, but this isn't the first few, though. Like, this yeah. doesn't carry the same energy, especially for moving open world. People are inherently going to have issues with that. Right. And I think you it's talk- sort of like Phantom Pain. I think it's like, you know... That, yes, that was the changing, exact example I was going to bring up. Changing the whole vibe and, you know, the the main sort of criticism being this isn't... Metal, this Gear. Isn't Metal Gear, right. yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean, we don't have like, the same sort of systems. That and we're and used like, to. It, Infinite already kind of dealt with that too, though. Is that Correct. like yeah. a, a lot of people? It was like it felt more like a first-person shooter than more of like a almost like 
survival horror game almost in in a way right um so it, it was I, so good it was so good then. yeah it was i mean i loved <laughs> I, I loved it but then game they're, they're also plenty of people that do not like infinite right whether it be exactly. because of narrative or whether it be because it feels like an action game and so them moving bioshock to open to open world kind of gives me that same feel of yeah not this is not going to be for every single bioshock fan but maybe they're still able to make something fresh and something that feels special and to your point to your point earlier earlier barrett them moving the game to open world or them trying to create an open world Bioshock means that inherently they're going to have to make a game with open open world sensibilities, mm-hmm. which is going to rub people the wrong way. Like yep. to the thing to the, what Andy's saying, right? I could see it being a thing of, hey, because it's open world, we got to figure out a way to gamify this a little bit more when it comes to either vigors or your yeah. guns or something. So it feels like a natural open world game because in open world games now you are collecting new gear you're collecting new abilities you're leveling up abilities and doing all that stuff yeah and sorry I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in this like a kind of side like i i really like infinite i think infinite's my favorite i just wanted yeah. to bring in that other side because i know there are like bioshock oh, fans yeah. out there who are like didn't love infinite and like really want the 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 new game to kind of go back to its original elements so i just kind of wanted to bring that up barrett For you sure. could probably speak to the rpgification of assassin's creed and how that franchise sort yeah. of changed a lot towards the end so i think mm-hmm. This is something sort of similar, except for the fact that the two games people love the most, Bioshock 1 and Bioshock Infinite, were headed up by Ken Levine. And yeah. that was those were his babies. So I like not to say that I think Assassin's Creed has had a bunch of different uh, Assassin's fathers Creed, and yeah, mothers, you know, like, like but, Assassin's Creed doesn't have like no one like ties like a specific director because I think it was like the same director for like the first uh, like handful of games. And then it yeah. started like moving different studios and, and director heads and shit like that. But like no one like, yeah, it's not on the same level of like Ken Levine is part of Bioshock. I think it mm-hmm. could be like MGS6 without. Without Kojima. Kojima, you know, like it, whether or not they change the core gameplay and they try to expand on the story. I think the fact that the sort of the brain child behind all of it is not the one heading it up will already kind of make the fans be a little bit hesitant towards what the what yeah. the game might be. But, but I also, I also think I also think that is why you do you do something different that yep. isn't because I don't expect this to be Rapture because them them hiring for an open world game. I don't know how you... You don't I want to talk you, to Beluga Whales? I guess you could turn Rapture... or I guess you could go back to Rapture and just make those hallways way more uh explorable even though like the, the game is the game already has like a high level of exploration in it but I guess you can expand that but I don't think that speaks to open world. I think you're going right. to go somewhere else. I think you're going to yeah, be Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a new world that we that we go into. For sure. Let's continue on this job list train with story number two. Sucker Punch is hiring for a multiplayer game. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch is working on a new project that it describes as a, quote, spectacular multiplayer game, end quote. The news arrives in the form of a job advertisement on Sucker Punch's job recruitment website. The developer is seeking a multiplayer slash network programmer to join its team in Bellevue, Washington. Quote, our talented multiplayer designers create awesome game team experiences, and you'll be, you'll be pivotal in bringing that creativity to life in a spectacular multiplayer game, reads the job description. Little more can be inferred from the role's description and requirements. No mention, no mention is made of what form of multiplayer game is being worked on, and so we can't ascertain at this stage uh, if the project is PvE co-op or PvP. All other details presented are fairly fairly standard discussion of programming for online multiplayer. Uh, that is the end of the news story, and this is where I'm going to jump in and say they're definitely hiring for Ghosts of Tsushima Legends 2. Probably. I'm at, like, I don't know what else they're going to be working on. I, I think just based on the amount of success they found for that, right? I mean, the, the amount of love that Legends got, just looking at social media and people saying, wow, like we're seeing all these multiplayer games come out and flounder and not do great and not understand the systems they should be sort of prioritizing and sucker punch who made a phenomenal single player game also made a multiplayer game and it is sort of a destiny style raid and it's amazing. And they understood exactly what needed to, you know, be prioritized and, and how to just make a looter game, you know, it came out around the same time as Avengers, uh, the Avengers game. And it did, it did that stuff better than the Avengers game, which is like, it had a ping system at the very least, right. Which, which Avengers didn't have. And yeah, like the looting, the leveling up, the gear system all worked really well. And it had fantastic raids like, or a fantastic raid at the end of it. 
which was like when when we talk about the last news story and talk about how yeah if you told me that they're making a an uh, an open world Metal Gear Solid game it's easy for me to look at to hear that and go all right we'll see about that right or if you told me they're making an open world Bioshock I could I could easily understand people going all right I don't know about that but we'll see Ghost of Tsushima Legends kind of has that same energy where you tell me that they're making an uh, a multiplayer gear driven Ghost of Tsushima game and it's easy to go. All right, I guess. And then you play Legends and it's like, fuck, this is really good. And to your point, Legends was very successful in terms of reception for it. Yeah. I still think I don't know if I'd say it was a mistake bundling it in with Ghost of Tsushima proper cuz that's probably the that's probably an easy thing to do in terms of it working on the same bones as Ghost of Tsushima and also getting it into people's hands cuz I think if they I think charged, that's the point. That's the point right there. Getting yes, in people's if, hands. If they charged people for people for Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I don't think it would have the same amount of playership for it. But I think it is a good it worked out in their favor because Ghost of Tsushima Legends now I think works as a good testing bed to see, all right, what is interest in it? Like if it, are people enjoying it? Like are people is this something that people would want more of? And I think that test worked out well where them hiring for a new multiplayer game speaks to, all right, yeah, we got to make more of this. And so I, I hope, totally. my, my, my big hope is that we get a Ghost of Tsushima 2 followed by Ghost of Tsushima Legends 2, and it is a separate thing or a free-to-play thing. Or like, I, I, I hope they find a way to make them both stand as their own products that are both thriving. Because Legends from uh, that we just got was awesome, but I wouldn't say it was thriving, right? Like, talk about it died a little bit afterwards because it wasn't live and and, right. and because uh it was bundled in with Tsushima and all this other stuff and i think hype for it wasn't as high because it was announced on the playstation blog as opposed to an e3 kind of thing um them doing it them them working on the next one i think is going to be bigger for it which has me super excited i think it's exactly what it needed to be was this this bundled thing that if if it was tacked on and added on that you needed to spend 15 dollars for or 10 dollars for I think less people would have tried it and the fact that it was free and the fact that everybody who played it seemed to kind of unanimously love it. I think that's the perfect sort of test bed to say, yeah, let's do this again. And a lot of studios do this where, hey, we need to work on Ghost of Tsushima 2 in the future. What are we going to do in the meanwhile to get there? Right. Like, you know, studios and publishers always kind of want um, something in the meantime to generate revenue and put that towards development towards the new game. And, and studios do this all the time. We saw it with um, we saw it with Bleeding Edge, which you know unfortunately didn't do that great. But Bleeding Edge is kind of the perfect example to say, well, we're going to need some time and money to generate to go towards Senua Sacrifice Two or whatever uh, Hellblade Two. Let's let's make a something in the meantime just to kind of you know build our portfolio a lot of mostly a lot of smaller studios do that where they want to make their big thing but they have to also get contracted out to work on maps for halo or maps for call of duty or whatever um but yeah this is awesome this is great news and i i would love to i would love for it to not be ghost of tsushima related i would love for it to be mm-hmm. sort of built on the same framework and be a sort of looter type third person game but you know, if it isn't Ghost of Tsushima related, I think that's even more exciting for me. I, I would like to see what they just because I trust them at this point. You trust them yeah. to make something good and quality. So that's sick as hell. Everybody go apply. Should we apply, Bless? I'm down to apply. I mean, I All don't right. have any technical ability. I guess I could be a, a producer and just help out. And I know my time. I can do times tables and yeah, like I can do that. I can't do long artist, division right? you can, anymore. You can work on art. I can, yeah, I can, I can make a couple rocks and maybe a yeah. door. Like a Ghost sword. of Tsushima art seems like it'd be a fun project to work on. Oh, for sure, like, oh, absolutely. Legends especially has really dope visuals and really dope uh, imagery when it comes to trying to separate it out and being a more fantastical, mystical thing. It's fucking dope. And also, I, 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 I go for it, go for it. No, I was just gonna say something really stupid and pointless. Go ahead. Uh, to your earlier point about like having a project to work on or having a pro- having having like a side thing that people can get invested in, right? I think another example of that is something like Fallout seventy six or even something like Youngblood. Also, games that pro- did not pan out the way that those de- developers wanted to, but I think had I think there was a kernel of a good idea there for both things. When you're talking about Fallout, especially like when is the next Fallout game we're gonna get? Not for a while. Like the next game for for Bethesda Game Studios proper is going to be Starfield, and after that, it's going to be Elder Scrolls, which means that Fallout 
is a long way away. I think there is a there's there was a valid idea there in terms of hey, let's put out a Fallout game that lives in perpetuity that we're going to keep updating and that'll get people invested in Fallout as an IP while we're working on other shit at the same time. Yeah. And y- Young Blood could have been that also of hey, let's put out something that people are going to play consistently and come back to and 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 uh that'll live through updates or or however they continue to patch it. That people will play while th- that that'll hold them over until the next Wolfenstein game. Like I think there's something very valuable in that idea, and I could easily, easily, easily see Legends Two being the case of that, where it is let Ghost of Shima proper or Ghost of Shima Two comes out, boom, it's a banger. Six months to a year later, we put out Legends Two, and we continue to update it and keep people hyped and excited about Ghost of Shima, and then that'll then lead into a few years later where we where we finally put out Ghost of Shima Three. You know, I think there's valid. I think there's there's validity in that idea, and I think you could also see Naughty Dog doing the same thing uh, in terms of Last of Us multiplayer. Whenever that finally comes out, God, give it to me. We'll, we'll you know see about I mean? then. You know what, Andy? Speaking of that, let's move on to story number three. Naughty Dog says it's struggling with multi-project development. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Naughty Dog's co-president has said that The Last of Us studio is still struggling to fully implement a multi-project development strategy and revealed that it currently has several games stuck in pre-production. The PlayStation developer first attempted to embrace a multi-project model following the completion of 2009's Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, with designer Bruce, designers Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann establishing a second team to create The Last of Us, alongside the group working on a third Uncharted. However, Evan Wells told the, the AIAS and a new Game Maker's Notebook podcast uh, transcribed by VGC that Naughty Dog was ultimately unlikely, ultimately unlikely, uh, ultimately, ultimately unable to maintain two full productions, with one project inevitably gaining favor, favor, and pulling resources from the other. And it's an issue the studio still struggles with today. Quote. The amount of effort that was required to finish Uncharted 3 at the time was stealing resources away from The Last of Us, and we never got to the point where we had two two full productions going. I would say even today, we're just short of that. We definitely have multiple projects, but only one that is getting the lion's share of focus at any time. We don't have two projects that several hundred people we don't have two projects that have several hundred, hundred people on them. We have one project project and then some that are in pre-production or maybe just creeping out of pre-production but we'll have to wait until the main main focus has completed before we we move everybody off of that project end quote and so basically i think the the moral of the story here is i imagine multiplayer last of us is next and then last of us remake is probably far off Whew. yeah i i, mean, I didn't even consider that i would yeah. have assumed uh I would have assumed the opposite, but yeah, that's definitely seems like the reality now, which is, man, but I, I wonder, you know, what sort of team they have working on the multiplayer, because the multiplayer seems like such a thing that you would contract out. That doesn't seem like an in-house sort of thing. You might have in-house people leading the project, and you might have, you know, in-house producers and a couple of people leading and saying this is how the art should be and these are the assets you should be using but that the multiplayer for last of us which i know has a hardcore audience i know that like the hardest of hardcore love it oh yeah i'm right there i'm I'm right there in it like i love this multiplayer but i don't think it's going to be this massive thing right and that just doesn't seem like you know putting a lot of resources towards a multiplayer project for the last of us which i uh, let me repeat again i know people love it but i just don't see it being like this banger that's going to come out and just absolutely destroy in the charts and with playtime and with concurrent players, that seems like something that would be contracted out. Similar to how, you know, Call of Duty says, hey, we're going to remake Modern Warfare 2. It's not going to be Infinity Ward and it's not going to be, you know, um, at the time Treyarch. We're going to contract it out to this other third party studio. Um, damn, I hadn't even considered The Last of Us remake being that far away. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, there are a few people in chat, right, that are saying, like, well, this is how most developers work. And there's also another comment saying, what's wrong with one game at a time? And to be clear, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, this is, I don't think this is a, this isn't a bad story for, for Naughty Dog, right? I think, if anything, this is an open and honest thing of Evan, the co-president there, saying, hey, like, yeah, it's always, it's always been a struggle working game on making is hard, man. At, a, at a time. <laughs> making video ga- video games is hard. And the reason why this is a story for us is 
it's an easy thing to extrapolate that hey don't expect back to back to back games from naughty dog don't expect that last of us remake and uh multiplayer uh the multiplayer game that they're working on and maybe the next new ip or whatever the next big project is that they're going to work on after the last of us part two is all in development concurrently right like for for us this story is a story of be patience right like expect one thing at a time expect that they're putting all their work all their efforts into one game at a time and i like as a developer like that is a very reasonable thing uh question they said they're having trouble specifically with stuff that's in pre-production right or or did i miss something else where they're they didn't necessarily say they're they didn't necessarily say they're having trouble with things that are in pre-production i think the the exact sentiment is we're having the struggle is working on multiple games at a mm-hmm. time, and so mm-hmm. we're, and we're having, having full power on both sides. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so we're we 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 can't have hundreds of people working on multiple shit. We have hundreds of people working on one thing, and then another thing has to stick in pre-production for now until we get back to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Game game development's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, man. It's crazy. I just really I, I I just always want to be a fly on the wall for these executive meetings of what if we remake the Last of Us Part One. Like, how do you, how does that question even get proposed? You know, who's the first I mean, one? In, in the know? Shire article, like it very much see in the Shire article, the exact story is there are like, uh, it was, it wasn't Naughty Dog, right? It was Mumbar's studio. That was the spinoff San Diego studio. And they were like, cool, we want to start making our own games. How do we convince Sony to like, to give us that, that boost, right? What is the, what do we have to present to them? And somebody was like, Hey, let's do fucking, let's fucking remake Uncharted. Like remakes are easier to make. Remakes are are less expensive. Let's fucking do Uncharted. And somebody was like, "That's too expensive because that'll take a lot a lot of work to remake." <laughs> Let's remake The Last of Us. And everybody was like, "All right, yeah, sure, why not?" Like that's what it, that's what it seems like. Which is a, which again, the idea of it bums me out because that is very much a numbers on a on a on a page. That is very much a computer algorithmic decision, right? Let's remake The Last of Us because we know it'll sell and because it'll be cheaper to make than any older no brainer. No brainer, but oh, creatively just feels so would bankrupt. Be so amazing. I mean, like, God, I, I want it so badly. Then here's the question, then, because I feel like a lot of, uh, of course, like Uncharted One is older, and it, uh, of course, like um, updating that would be more expensive uh, graphically. But then you'd have to like also focus on like a lot of uh, remaking gameplay elements because that game just mechanically just doesn't hold up. So like, wait, which game? Uncharted. Un- Uncharted one. And okay. so like, do we actually expect them to really change the gameplay for the Last of Us if they're if they if they maybe think of it as like a, a cheaper project that they can kind of work I, on? I think so, only because the tech would just be a tiny bit more updated, mm. and I think it would. It, it. I mean, this is me speaking out of my ass, but you know, you're talking about you know re- reworking code from. 2008 as opposed to 20 or shit no i mean that's when the last that's when uncharted came out or it came out in 07 right uncharted one i think it was 07 yeah so like yeah we're talking about code that was you know started in 04 or 05 or whenever um as yeah. opposed to code that was started in well shit i guess the last was did take a long time to make as well i don't yeah. know i feel so like it would be came out in 2013 i feel like it would be a quicker process to try to make and modernize the last of us uh, as opposed to Uncharted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And also to your earlier point about the multiplayer and how you would imagine that would work, right? Like part of that earlier news story, too, was that Ben Studio was brought in to work assistance for The Last of Us multiplayer. And so like that, it, that it, it seems like things have been getting shifted all around in terms of Naughty Dog and the projects and PlayStation first party and who's working on it and who's not working on it. Um, I don't expect we'll see multiplayer soon is kind of where I'm at. Like, I hope we do. I hope we do, because I really want it. But it seems it seems like, like to our point earlier, v- making video games are hard. And it seems like they're in that place where they're like, fuck it, man. We just got to focus on one thing and see if we can get it out uh, at a certain point, but also get it out and make quality. Which What's my source on all this stuff for game development? Former game developer, right, everybody? Shove it. Boom. Hell yeah. Fucking shove it, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Three, three years, dog. I did my time, doc. I fucking did my time, bro. And he's so talented. Jeez, Louise, come on. Before we enter our next news story, I want to tell you about our sponsors, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple Mattress. 
As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. The one thing you can always count on is how comfortable your purple mattress is. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, necks, and hips. I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so you'll never overheat. I love that this ad copy says, I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. But also, this is how it does it. <laughs> it's designed with the grid. Uh, the grid bounces back as you move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why, that's why memory foam has craters in that's why Memory Foam has craters and divots. Kind of Funny loves Purple Mattress. Joey Noel herself sleeps like a baby on the one she has. She says it's nice and soft. And right now, you can try your Purple Mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash games10 and use promo code games10. That's purple dot com slash games 10 promo code games 10 for 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more purple.com slash games 10 promo code games 10 terms of black we're also brought to you by burrow finding new furniture is always a hassle whether it's finding what's right getting it delivered or the setup itself most of us haven't found our forever home which makes buying furniture a double-edged sword you're either buying you're either buying some cheap futon that you'll just leave out on the curb someday or you're investing in an expensive sofa that might last forever but definitely becomes a pain in the butt when it's time to move you'd think someone would have figured out how to create quality furniture built for the way we actually live wherever we live well someone has burrow Burrow makes it easy to shop for everything you need for your living room online. No far-flung warehouses, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. Burrow's innovative modular design and super helpful instructions make assembling and disassembling your furniture quick and hassle-free. And when it's time to move, your Burrow furniture won't hold you back. Their credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically. Their award-winning Nomad sofa has a built-in USB charger for all-day power. Burrow saves you an average of $100 on large items like a couch and a logistics headache. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash games for $75 off your burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games, 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 games. Andy, what is up with your coffee? I need your review. Is it better or worse than the frap you had last week? I mean, it's it's tough to say, Bless, and here's why. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this f- from the health versus taste perspective right okay Mm -hmm. health wise much better right i think it's about a third of the calories than the frappuccino the frappuccino way sweeter way tastier but i would rather have this over the frappuccino i think the frappuccino got me a little too jacked up that morning um Mm. it took about a week to recover unfortunately um but yeah i think this is definitely working out for me almond milk of course lactose intolerant cinnamon powder Mm. one pump cinnamon dolce so yeah i'm definitely digging this quite a bit good job starbucks Here's the thing I'll say about Starbucks iced coffee, the one I'm usually getting, right? I feel like I I, I said in, a, in an episode before that Starbucks I Starbucks coffee I got I can't talk Starbucks coffee is consistent, always tastes the same, which is why I appreciate it. I feel like in terms of caffeine, might not be as consistent because some days I still feel dead after I drink the iced coffee, and there you then you have days like today. Where when I started off the show, I saw somebody in chat immediately be like, "Is blessing on crack? What's going on?" And let me tell you, it's the coffee. I'm jacked up. Like it's got, it got the, it has the blood pumping. I mean, it's like every once in a while you get those that little pack of nuggets, and there's two extra in there, right? Mm-hmm. The the dude at the, the dude was having a good day too, and was like, you know what? I want to pass on this good day. Here's two extra nugs. Here's an extra little uh, thing of caffeine or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how coffee works. Do they? <laughs> do you buy bottles of caffeine and just like dump it in? What do you do? See, my Nobody favorite knows. is Nobody when you knows. go to, to Sonic Drive-In, the fast food restaurant, and oh, you order tater tots. You you order tater tots, and at the bottom, at the bottom of it, a couple fries just left over. Uh, a couple yeah. fries, and it's always a it, nice treat. It's the, it's the old onion ring with the Burger King fries sort of thing. By the way, yeah. bless. How do you feel about cherry lime? Oh, love it. Right. I mean, any anything that is anything that has limeade in the title, sign me up. I'm Both fucking of you are out of town. I mean, that's I'm a sonic delicacy wild. right Wait, there. Wait, Bear, you don't like limeade? Barrett doesn't uh, like cherry what? limeade. Neither does Nick Scarpino. What is ha- how? How do you not like limeade? 
Oh, when like when you and when it makes your 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 when it makes your face go uh the same way it goes when you hear a dope ass rap beat, right? And you go like that. Oh, that's the best. That's the best feeling oh right God, there. It's the you best. Know? That sour face. Yo, nothing that like sour summer. Face. Nothing like summer going down to the local Sonic. Bless. Did your Sonics, by the way, have volleyball court? Have a volleyball court? No. Wait. Did your Sonics have volleyball? Yeah. Court so there's what? one back home in McAllen, Texas, or maybe it's far. I forget exactly where that Sonics is located. But they have like a volleyball court, and it's like full sand. And of course, there's also a little play place. Play place in case you have little kids. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wait. But, did you, yeah, just, what? Wait. Did your Sonic have like a? Was it indoor the play place or was? No. It no, no. 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 Hey, was that was just a park. <laughs> that was a park. <laughs> that was just a park right that next, was to next to the Sonic. <laughs> no, dude. It was all Sonic. Like uh, I'm pretty sure it was all like Sonic, and there was a Best Buy next to it too. I assume that's Sonic branded it's, as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that y'all actually had Sonics because, uh, like, growing up in Ohio, I swear, like, Sonic had the most commercials. Uh, in the Cleveland area. Those two dudes. But then we never, there wasn't a Sonic at all in our area. And it was really? the most confusing thing. Ah, damn, Andy, did your Sonic, thing. did they do the rollerblades where they would deliver your food while wearing rollerblades? They would Man, skate to your car? I don't remember. I don't remember. There was a place called Stars that was very mm-hmm. similar to Sonic. And I think they had rollerblades. I don't know if everybody at Sonic did the rollerblading thing. I definitely remember rollerblades being involved. And yeah, they like, used my Sonic used to, but I think somewhere in like somewhere sometime in like 2009, they lost they the got passion. Lazy. They lost yeah. the passion. They're like, fuck it, we're walking this shit to your car. Ordering at Sonic was always awesome though, because you would park, you would press the button, and that always felt super cool. You would press the button, and then huh. you'd they would be like, "What's up? What do you want?" And I'd be like, "Oh, give me the cherry limeade, <laughs> but also also put the nerds at the bottom. Put the nerds, the oh. nerds candy at the bottom of Whoa. it. Yeah, and it was fucking fire." Every single time. I was always awkward because you'd park next to somebody else and maybe there was a family and a little kid looking at you and he was like poking his nose and it's like, I don't want to, uh, yeah. I'm not your friends. I don't want to like, a lot of, the window a lot up, of people in chat are saying, yeah, same. We, we had Sonic commercials, but we didn't have any Sonics near us. <laughs> so weird. I just, I just you figured that out. like it was like a, like only a commercial. I didn't, th- I like, I, at one point I didn't believe that it was a real place. That makes sense why you aren't into Cherry Limeade, because I think that's like a rite of passage. You also, other people limeade. in the chat were saying that uh, the Cherry uh, Limeade at Sonic was subpar. They like Cherry Limeade, but the, the one at Sonic was subpar. Fucking Somebody said it's a choking hazard to have the nerds in the bottom of the cup, and you know what? It's worth it. I'm If I, was, if I had to choose how I'm going to die... It yeah. would be that way. It would be choking on a nerd's candy that I had sucked out of <laughs> sucked out of a Sonic drink. That sounds fucking fire. Andy, I mentioned earlier that uh, it's always nice when you get that nice surprise at the bottom of the of the Sonic tater tots, and there's a fry in there. You know what else has some nice surprises in it? Tell me the, the PlayStation Five update that went live. This is more this morning. I'm pulling from Tom Warren at The Verge. Sony's new PS5 software update is live now and includes some surprise improvements to HDR and 120 hertz support. While Sony already detailed a big new feature to let players store but not play PS5 games on an external hard drive, there's there's also a new option to automatically switch video video output to non-HDR when you're using a game or app that doesn't support HDR. This is a key improvement for those using HDR on the PS5, as it now means you no longer have to dig into the settings menu to manually disable HDR when you're viewing SDR content. Good job. Alongside these HDR changes, this update also adds two new HDMI controls in the system part of the PS5 settings menu. You can now toggle one-touch play, which will automatically turn on a connected TV when you power up a PS5 and switch it to the correct input. You can also toggle power off link, which allows the PS5 to enter rest mode if you turn off the the TV uh, connected to your console. Sony is also supporting more PC monitors with 120Hz in this update. If you have a if you have a 1080p PC monitor that supports 120 hertz, it should now work at this refresh rate with the PS5. Unfortunately, variable refresh rate support is still missing on the PS5 though. This latest software update also includes better options for quickly disable, disabling in-game chat, thank God, uh, an option to search for purchased games, thank God, and the ability to hide games <laughs> in a library. I'm all about this update. This update sounds awesome. Andy, I was sleeping this morning, as one d- one does, right? Sure. I, was, I was in bed, comfortable, having a great old time, dreaming about whatever. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a fucking flashing light woke me up before my alarm, and I was very pissed off. What had happened was my PS5 got the update pushed. 
PS5 turned all the way on to the point where the light was blue and the disc was spinning loudly enough to where that also partly woke me up. But that also triggered my monitor that it's hooked up to. And so it turned uh, it turned fully on in my dark ass room while I was asleep. And let me scared. tell you, so, I've so, never been more pissed off by my console. Blessing, do you not actually like turn the off button on your monitor? You just like let it go into sleep mode? I never turn off my monitors. So. No, Y'all are this, wild. It's just like it's a standby, right? When you just leave it and, and it turns off by it itself. Off, yeah. I just no, usually leave mine off. Now, you what you turn your monitor fully off every time. Yeah, man. I will say what I'm mostly shocked by is the idea that your PS5 even automatically updated. That's the more surprising thing to me. The fact that it mm-hmm. did it on its you know own. What? You're absolutely right. That is awesome. Because I feel that. like 99% of people, maybe it's just me generalizing, but I always have these automatic updates back on the ps4 pro yep i haven't really turned on my ps5 in a while but the amount of times that i'd be like oh it should have automatically downloaded the update because i have everything set to automatic and it just would never work so shout out to your ps5 actually do what it says it's supposed to do that's i wonder i wonder why technically they just can't do that update in rest mode like one it automatically closed the game that i think i had open which i'm fine with i i'd saved it's whatever i was playing disco elysium but the fact that I had to turn fully on to get that update update in, like I'm not complaining too much aside from the fact that it woke me up before my fucking alarm. But you know, I wonder I wonder why that is. I wonder why I can't yeah. just do it in rest mode. Well, shout out to them for the ease of use for not having to go all the way to the system settings to change your HDR support. That's amazing. The next thing I want, the next Sony, you listening out there? Where are you at, Sony? You listening? listening? Tell They're me, listening. tell me, Andy. Jim You're Ryan listening? has this on in his car. Say he has it. it on full say volume. It, what I want. He's sipping from a Sonic cup. Say what I want you to say, Andy. Hey, Jr. Little J. Rye. Whenever I plug in the HDMI oh, never mind. into a monitor or into an Elgato, I want it to pop up and say, "Hey, you have HTCP on. Do you want me to turn it off?" Mm. Cool. Yeah, I will. Up. Turn it off. Or, hey, it's on right now. It's off right now. Do you want me to turn it back on? I have to if you want to watch Netflix. Don't make me go all the way to the fucking yeah. uh, system setting because that's about a three-day journey, right? I don't have time for that, Bless. I don't got time, mm-hmm. all right? Just pop up with the option, H- hey, HTCP, yes or no? No? Okay, cool. Bam, off. Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah? Cool, on. Back on again. Also, <laughs> uh, also while we're making demands, because this is what I thought you were going to say, Andy. Is give uh, give us that fourteen forty p support? You know what I'm saying? Oh Jesus! When uh, I mean Jesus, when I'm when I'm over here uh, bringing my PS5 over to like my workstation and I'm streaming at night and I've got my fourteen forty p monitor right here uh, and my PS5 is plugged in. Like I want that. I want that full fourteen forty p. You know what I'm saying? You're usually only showing me fourteen forty p anyway, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Just do it. When I'm doing performance mode, you're showing me fourteen forty p as it is, or sometimes you're doing the fourteen forty p. But it's you know up res to 4K or whatever. Let me do 4K. I mean, let me do 1440p. What's exactly. the big deal? Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. While we're here airing our, our grievances, I have a couple. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation, Jim Ryan. I know you're listening. You're sipping from your Sonic cup. JR. You're about to choke on a nerd, but I'm sure you're gonna live through it. You're gonna be yeah. okay. Uh, please, a nerd, let me... a nerd candy, by the way. A nerd candy, not an not an actual nerd. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, please, please make it easier to turn off the PS5 quicker and leave parties quicker. It's so awkward when I say bye to somebody that I'm playing Outriders with, and it takes me 10 seconds to figure out how to go into my menus, right? I press the, I press the one button to bring up the bottom menu, have yeah. to go over to game base, have to enter the party, have to enter the voice party, and then figure out how to leave. It's too awkward because I said bye 10 seconds ago, yeah. but I'm still here. And in those Greg last Miller 10 alone. seconds, Kevin's like, one more? One more? One more? One more, one more game? Barrett? Uh, so that's leave. one. That's one. Two, let me turn off my PS5 quicker. Two button presses is all it should take, right? Just two. Just two. You know, press the PlayStation button. Maybe you have that first option B, turn off, turn on, press X, and then just like a confirmation. Do you want to turn off your PS5? Yes. Make it easy so I can do it quicker because I don't like scrolling all the way to the right to turn off my PS5. Uh, and then number three, when I am turning off my PS5, just an option that says, do you want to safely disconnect your external hard drive? Because if I'm turning off, like I mean, if I'm turning off my PS5 naturally, I do, I don't want my external hard drive to just fucking like just automatically do its shit, right? So when I turn back t- turn back on my PS5, it tells me, hey, you didn't do this correctly. Do you want us to rebuild all that bullshit? No, just naturally, just ask me, or just do it automatically. Disconnect it the right way. Those are my and, demands. And while my... we're at it, release Solar Ash already. What are you waiting for? 
Jeez. You know what, man? And give me another gameplay trailer for Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> you know Come I mean? on, man. Like, what's happening, Where's Sony? God of what's War? Happening? Where are themes for PS5? Give us folders. Give Come me on. the real release date for God of War. We all know that it's not coming out this year. Just tell us the Just month, tell us maybe. it's 2022, all right? Just tell us 2022. Just say fall. Say summer 2022. We'll be right there with you. Listening, you listening, JR? No, understand. I hope you're <laughs> Let's move on to story number five. Uh, we got a couple of quick hits for the next couple of news stories. Uh, story number five, E3 has announced... Uh, the media partners that it'll be working with. This comes directly from a press release that they emailed out this morning. E3 Today announced it has joined forces with IGN, Future Games, that is PC Gamer and Games Radar, GameSpot, Polygon, IGN China, and, and Game Bonfire to extend its reach to video game fans worldwide, with additional media and distribution partners to be announced. E3 2021 will provide an unmatched experience with new levels of access for fans around the globe with major publisher showcases, press conferences, thrilling reveals, extended live streams, and special guest appearances available free online for all attendees. Quote, we are focused on ensuring that E3 continues to be the most innovative and collaborative event in the video games industry. So enlisting some of the industry's biggest media partners to help deliver the highly anticipated news, reveals, and more is crucial to a successful showcase, said Stanley Pierre-Lewis, president and CEO of the ESA. Pierre-Lewis continues, each media partner will be instrumental in driving E3's reach to more fans than ever before. With this year's digital format, we're looking to provide our audiences with exciting and, and unique ways to experience the magic of E3, end quote. Go get him, ESA. This is good news. I'm happy to see that it seems like they are, they are able to kind of pull this shit together and make E3 something that's worth tuning into this year, because I was scared for him. Mm. I wasn't feeling so confident about E3. I think Just a lot a of us ago. were kind of worried, yeah. But, you know, next year, we'll be there in person. Yeah. Me, you, bless up on the main stage. Wow! Finally. What are you guys, what are you guys for, announcing? For what are you guys announcing? What are we announcing? Yeah. Ooh, you, wouldn't you like to know, Bear? <laughs> Shit, I, I really would. Uh, Jeff Grubb like in the chat know? is really upset that he's uh, uh, not a uh, partner for the Summer Games mess, like uh, that he didn't get partnered with the ESA or something. And I told him, "This is what happens when you try to make fun of the youths, old man." Yeah, no, Jeff Grubb is too busy. He's busy on Twitter trying to make fun of Jeff people, Grubb, I, people under the age of twenty of twenty five. Jeff Grubb, Jeff Grubb, I didn't know they understand. I didn't, didn't know they had the Twitch app on the BlackBerry phone. Jeff Grubb, I didn't know they had Wi-Fi at Cracker Barrel. How are you talking to us right now? That's fucking crazy. Oh my God. Holy shit. Hope you enjoy bingo. Story number six. Uh, Nintendo Indie World Showcase uh, happened this morning. We got some of the biggest headlines. When I say biggest headlines, it's pretty much all the headlines. I got a quick recap for you. Uh, it started off with Road 96, which is which is a procedural narrative game from Digix Art that's coming out later this year. Uh, we got Aerial Knights Never Yield, a rhythm free-running free running platformer set in Detroit. That's coming May 19th. The demo is out today, which is really cool. Uh, the game looks really cool. We got Last Stop from Annapurna Interactive. That's coming July 2021. Hindsight from Annapurna Interactive. That's coming later this year. Ollie Ollie World. That comes this winter and looks really cool. The Longing, that's out later today. Uh, there is no game, Wrong Dimension. Uh, that is the name of the, that is the title of the game. It's a comedy game that looks like a bunch of other games mashed up together. That's out later this later today. Let me just say the link to the past fake one that they have in there. It looks like I want that to be a real game. So make that a real game too. I can't wait to get my hands on this because this actually does look really cool. There is no game wrong dimension. I want to try that out to see what it's about. Cause there was another game that came out last year, and I do not remember the name of it, but it had a similar concept of uh Man, the name was on the tip of my brain right there, and I, I can pull it. Are you talking about uh, No More Heroes 3? No, 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 I'm not. Um, <laughs> that hasn't come it's out a, yet. Eh? It was a yeah. game where you would combine two like retro styles together, like two retro genres together, and it would give birth to a new game that you would play. And it was not that fun. I didn't enjoy it as much. Mm. But this has what looks like a similar concept, and I hope this one hits. Uh, we got a new trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. That game comes out later this year. We got Chris Tales. That's coming out July 20th. Getsu Fumaden, uh, Undying Moon. That's coming out next year. We got a really cool game called Aztec Forgotten Gods. That's out fall 2021. We also got Skull, the Hero Slayer. That's an action platformer roguelite where you swap abilities by swapping skulls. Uh, that's out summer 2021. And this is all for Switch, as a reminder. This is Nintendo's Indie World. Uh, and then we got a montage with Fez, Art of Rally, Kiwi, Labyrinth City, Weaving Tides, House of the Dead Remake, Ender Lines, and then Beats of Maravilla. Uh, and then uh, we got an Indie World sale that's happening on the Switch later today. And then it, it finalized with Oxen Free to Lost Signals. That's out 2021. Everybody Andy, go play Fez. It's free, or it's not free, but it's out today. 
I'll buy it for you. Just kidding, I won't. We did our reactions to wow. this. Uh, that that'll be available later on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. It's up right I, now. Oh, it's up right now. Holy cow. So you can, Fast, you can go yeah. over there, Jim Ryan, who's listening right now, right? Drinking drinking the nerds candy out of the yeah. out of the Sonic. Cherry Limeade. You can pull over, watch our reactions right now. Mm-hmm. Uh Andy, how how was what were your overall feelings? Like what were your what were your standouts uh, out of this indie world showcase? I thought it was a fun ass showcase. Um, top to bottom, I had a blast with it. There was a lot of really neat titles announced and shown. Aztec Forgotten Gods definitely blew, blew me away. The idea of this it being this sort of cyberpunk futuristic Aztec game. Uh, mm-hmm. The technology and just, just the visuals of it look just totally up my alley. Um, Skull looks fun as hell. I do like the... I mean, I'm just a sucker for pixel side-scrollers. Um, and... Uh, Oxen Free 2 is was a really cool reveal. I'm really happy that the hardcore Oxen Free fans are going to be getting that. The art style in Ollie Ollie World looked phenomenal. Um, yeah, this is just a solid ass show, front to back. Yeah, it was really awesome. It was it, it was one of the few times during a showcase like this where every single game to me just looked looked cool at the very least, right? Like, of it course, Ninja like Turtles. Of course, Ninja. Oh yeah, Turtles. Ninja Turtles yeah. also. Like I don't, I'm not going to play every single one of these games, obviously, but there was something about each and every one of them that had me go, "Fuck, that's like that's actually a really cool idea," or "Fuck, yeah. this has a really cool art style." Ollie Ollie World sold me. Like I'm, I definitely want to try that game out because it looks uh, like a nice, a, a nice uh, uh, evolution almost. Evolution, yeah, that's the word uh, from Ollie Ollie. And then uh, Aerial Knights Never Yield is definitely a standout. That game looked really cool, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that game but andy the release of that game is just so far away may 19th if i went it was coming out to mom and drop shops today where'd i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday yeah jeff grubb is old <laughs> out today we got night squad 2 for xbox one switch and pc cannon brawl for switch teso miyaki behind the twilight for pc kingdom of arcadia for switch reactor x for switch isolamus for switch park inc for switch tailspire for pc and forgotten fields for pc uh, a couple of new days for you got pacross s6 uh that's launching on april 22nd and then king of seas will be launching from a port near you on may 25th 2021 this action-packed seafaring adventure will be available for ps4 xbox one pc and nintendo switch uh andy people can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where they can write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe uh, let's see here let's see here let's see here let's see here all right that is missed news that is based on a rumor and so i'm gonna skip that one if it's important we'll tackle it tomorrow Go ahead and skip it. While you're looking, everybody go mm-hmm. download. Go buy Fez, please. The game is nine years old, so ahead of its time in terms of just 2D, you know, what you could do in a 2D sort of game. So but would, would you say it's, it, it's part of the current time? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Well, well. Yeah. Game Jumper X writes in to tell me how caffeine works. Uh, he says, "Bless caffeine builds up in your system, so the same amount can affect you differently. If you consume caffeine faster than your body can process, it starts to build up, and the same amount will feel like more. Your body can also build up tolerance where it takes you more for the same effect. And so it's because it's because I'm bre- I'm drinking the caffeine too fast, which is then causing that blessing is on cocaine effect. Oh, got it, got oh, it. Yeah. Hell yeah! You, you gotta slow down. You gotta you gotta. I gotta slow. savor it. Yeah, that's actually a good point because usually when I'm drinking iced coffee, um, I usually do uh, drink it slower in the morning. But I think because of the Indie World Showcase, I I definitely went a little bit harder on it, um, and I have no regrets. I have no regrets. Nano uh, just says, "Bless the game you're thinking of is Super Mash, and you are indeed correct. It is Super Mash. Thank you for that. Thank you, Nano." <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to read this one. Uh, Average Bearded 
consumer says, Bless stated, good luck at bingo, insinuating that Cracker Barrel has bingo, but they do not. They have big checkerboards, which, you know what? <laughs> Touche. I was joking about the Cracker Barrel bingo thing, but I do like the idea that <laughs> Jeff Grubb is at Cracker Barrel, right? Eating his early bird special that he got at 6 a.m. because that's a thing he does uh, every weekday because Jeff, Jeff Grubb, as we know, is one of them oldies, so right? So old. They have <laughs> so old. old. They got a bunch of He's nice little checkers. I know we're look at all of us young kids. We're all so young and vibrant. I'm young too, yeah. just like you guys are. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. You want to you, you want to come on a kind of funny next gen, Andy? You're so fucking 23. Young, I would love to. Yeah, yeah we're dude, just so young. It. We're the youth. Hell yeah. Uh, that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for kind of funny games daily are Greg and Tim. Then following that on Friday, you're getting Greg and Andrea Renee. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike. Greg and Kev playing some of that swore tour, Star Wars The Old Republic. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. <laughs> Otherwise, till next time, <laughs> have fun at bingo, Jeff Grubb. Joey said Grubb's about to put Blessing's Funeral on summer game mass calendar. <laughs> Uh, bye everybody. Oh.